You're listening to the really useful podcast. This is the tech podcast for technophobes from makeusoft.com. This week, we are looking at the Activision and Microsoft merger slash purchase, whatever that is. A robot vacuum cleaner has escaped. James Cameron warns on the dangers of deep fakes. And a grinder scammer has been jailed. We'll also be uh, explaining the differences between USB-A and USB-C and... We might also have a look at how car Wi-Fi works, and we'll also have our usual recommendations. My name is Christian Corley, and with me this week is Gavin Phillips. How are you doing? Yes, very well, Christian. Yeah, another another week begins, and uh, looking forward to seeing what it brings. How about yourself? Uh, yeah, generally the same. My my uh, youngest just turned five yesterday, so I'm I, I'm kind of although alcohol wasn't imbibed i tell a lie i had a pint of cider um mm. I, I do feel like i've got some sort of party hangover it was only a kid's party um but there's a lot of preparation required for a children's party isn't there so there really is <laughs> and you know if you hit cake eat all the cake that hard as well you know when you've got to tidy up at the end and it's just, <laughs> oh just just tidy up that corner just tidy up that corner and uh before you know it game over yeah if you don't know this already um kids parties in the the, the organization of children's parties is kind of cyclical so so like year one you're like let's have a party we'll organize it ourselves shouldn't be a problem year one and a day you're like that killed me next year we'll book somewhere the following yeah. year you book somewhere and that just turns into a logistical nightmare in terms of how much it costs and getting people there and getting cake there and stuff and then getting people away, you say to yourself the day after, next year, I'm doing it all myself. And so it, <laughs> <laughs> and so it continues. So we're at the stage of next year, we're going somewhere. So let's kick this off. Uh, massive news over the past few days has been Microsoft acquiring Blizzard, um, Activision Blizzard, I should say. And Activision is a huge games company that goes back to the early days of the Atari games console, the Atari 2600. Um, there was Activision, there was David Crane, a few other guys releasing games. Uh, Activision obviously grew uh, immensely over the years and has merged with other companies, bought other companies. I'm not even sure if it's the same Activision at this stage. I think it's possibly a name that was picked up by another company's name. Was it Infograms? I might be wrong. It's not the original Activision. It hasn't existed in the as an entire lineage over the years but it has done massively with huge games such as call of duty world of warcraft uh, diablo overwatch something called candy crush which you may have heard of and starcraft <laughs> which i actually haven't heard of it's it's come out of the blue hasn't it it was surprising that when the news dropped uh towards the end of uh last week um there was it, it kind of took the world the get not just the gaming world but the entire tech world by surprise that microsoft was dropping uh just shy of 70 billion dollars to make this insanely massive it's not really a merger though is it it's, it's a takeover isn't it it is a takeover yeah I, I think as well just to put that in context that's 70 billion um and i think we mentioned this briefly last week is um that 70 billion it's if you consider what disney paid for star wars and marvel that was 8 billion Yes, it's like nearly 10 times as much. Yeah. And um, the same for Microsoft buying uh, LinkedIn, you know, the uh, the, the workplace yes. social media network. And that's like 10, 10 times as much as that. But, and, but in that as well, 
the point you made actually there about the price of a an enormous video game company versus you know one of the most recognizable or two of the most recognizable film franchises in the world just shows the scale of the gaming industry um at a flashpoint there so the gaming industry as a whole is way more evolved um than than films as films have switched more to the streaming model that we're also used to now the price of film companies has sort of slowly dropped off whereas game companies are only increasing in value yeah now this uh proposition proposition of an acquisition uh, obviously hasn't completed yet and has to go through all the usual uh, official channels and checks so it may not happen i suspect sony aren't particularly happy about it i would think they'd be quaking in their boots <laughs> the size of what microsoft are going to take on here the xbox game pass uh, subscription service already beats arguably beats sony's offering sort of hands down they don't have really a comparable product to game pass although there is one in the works um but adding all of the games that will come with activision blizzard to to game pass will make it a ridiculously big proposition to try and beat yeah and um, for people concerned about uh, their games continuing to exist after Microsoft have swallowed up Activision Blizzard. Uh, Microsoft have said that Call of Duty will remain on PlayStation. Uh, so Yeah. So, so that's some reassurance, I suppose. Depending yeah, on how much you trust Microsoft as well, I suppose. Yeah, that's what I was going to say. <laughs> how much do you trust them to keep, keep doing it? Uh, I guess with titles as big as Call of Duty, you would want to keep the cross-platform income from both of them. If you're spending $70 billion, uh, you, you don't necessarily want to immediately uh, cut off one of your main sources of revenue. Uh, yeah. That's how I would look at it anyway. Yeah, I think you're right. It's under, undermining the price that's uh, been uh, posited, isn't it, if you're going to do that? Yeah, absolutely. And, you know, it could open up more games going back and forth across the two as well. If Sony feel like the only way that they can maybe compete with Microsoft after the acquisition goes through, maybe we'll see some of those long-standing Sony exclusives maybe coming across to Microsoft. I mean, I highly doubt it, but it was sort of like maybe just to claw some of that market share back. Yeah, yeah, wouldn't surprise me. But uh, I don't think it'll be historical ones. I think they'll just end the whole idea of exclusives, perhaps. Yeah, which I would be quite happy with, really. That's one of the main things that Sony and PlayStation has going for it. But the sheer volume of awesome games that Microsoft are going to have access to was because you know, it's certainly going to tip the scales. A slightly uh, more frivolous story now. A robot vacuum cleaner made a break for freedom after giving staff the slip at a travel lodge hotel. <laughs> it, uh, it failed to stop at the front door of the hotel and just kept going and it was eventually found under a hedge. Now, um, robot vacuum cleaners, my my youngest, who I mentioned earlier, she's, she's okay with it now. But when we first got a robot vacuum cleaner, it was a couple of years ago, she's absolutely petrified of it. So the idea that it could actually leave the house and go off and do its own thing 
as uh, would absolutely um, revive those fears. I uh, I suspect this is something to do with the uh, VAC being unable to find its base station. But uh, I mean, mines occasionally. If I if we rearrange the furniture, it's uh, it does get a bit confused. It's a great story though. I love this. I like the fact that it was found under a bush, sort of like it had forgotten that it was a robot had <laughs> taken on a new uh, <laughs> new sense of being returning to nature. <laughs> I'm, I'm done with running around this hotel. I'm going home. <laughs> um, apparently, uh, it was announced on somewhere on social media or somewhere, and someone joked that uh, one feared for its safety in the great outdoors Pointing out that nature abhors a vacuum, which is that's, that's, that's a round of applause for that. In fact, we got a applause button. Hang on, uh, that one? No, it's not that one. That's that's the children relieved that the robot vacuum has been retrieved. Uh, so yeah, uh, robot vacuum. I mean, if you don't have a robot vacuum, I am of the opinion that they are the the best labor saving domestic labor saving device for any household since the invention of the dishwasher. I think they're wonderful. Uh, so uh, if you don't have one, you should certainly consider. In fact, we've probably got a list of the best robot vacuum cleaners currently available on Make Use Of, so I'll include that in the show notes, along with everything else that we discuss in this week's show. Uh, James Cameron has uh, warned on the dangers of deepfakes, and uh, I, you know, it's, I'm a little bit concerned that it takes like a Hollywood director to highlight the dangers of deepfakes. This is a guy who has worked with CGI, in cinema since almost since its inception and he's been a big driving force behind the use of cgi which is obviously um a, the key part of deepfakes is to use computer graphics to trick people although there are there's obviously key dangers about it i don't really think there's an awful lot of that people can do it's got to be down to the the software companies and the isps as well to um to, to tackle this isn't it yeah, absolutely. Um, there's not that much that can be done. Educating people as to what, you know, how deep fakes might be used or where you might encounter them. But the technology isn't, it's not good enough that a regular person could make an accurate deep fake that would really, really trick or confuse you that much that you would act upon it i i think if you think back to the first one that really went big and viral the uh jordan peele acting out as uh, barack obama yeah remember that one yeah, yeah so that was the first one that really brought it all to light aside from the you know far more insidious uses of deep fakes of course um and you look back at that video now which i think was maybe three four years ago and you can see it looks a bit janky, but the technology, it's better, but there is still the jankiness around how the mouths and the eyes move. They don't move in sync. So, yeah, I'm not 100% sure, but I think you are absolutely right in that if it takes a Hollywood director to bring these things to the fore, then there maybe is a, a, a larger issue afoot. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I mean, we'll obviously see how this transpires. This is a kind of a, a, an aspect of modern technology that is kind of very much in its infancy still uh the only thing we can really suggest is uh, never take anything at face value which uh obviously is very suitable for deepfakes no pun intended uh, sl <laughs> slight slightly intended okay uh grinder a scammer has been jailed for blackmailing men for uh, after uh, 
Well, let's go into this. Um, a, a man has been jailed for five years for robbing and blackmailing nine men he met for sex on the Grinder dating app. Uh, I mean, that's uh, really, really something that we tend to highlight quite often, make use of, isn't it? Is the importance of um, being really careful with uh, with your dating apps. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, verifying, double checking, and um, gosh, there's only so much you can really do, though, isn't there? Because the whole nature of the dating apps is that you're putting your trust in someone else to say they they're going to be who they say they are, aren't you? Yeah, absolutely. So, um, yeah, we we've got a, a big chunk of articles to make use of about um, safe online dating and stuff. So, all those related topics, do check those out and just be. Just be more aware and be vigilant and be careful when online dating, in fact, any type of dating, but particularly when uh, uh, arranging dating through online apps. Okay, USB is not a uh, unique selling bus. <laughs> Terrible joke. Uh, USB has been around for years, as you probably know, and it's... You know, everything has a USB connection these days. TVs, some kitchen equipment, computers, mobile phones. And you probably recognize the sort of, uh, oh, here's one. The sort of rectangular uh, connector. That's a USB-A connector. Now, over the past few years, a new connector called USB-C has arrived, which is becoming more prominent. USB type A uh, would have this sort of rectangular connector at one end and then at the other end typically it would have a, a square a more square connector but with uh, two diagonal edges usb type c has typically has the same connector at both ends uh, which uh, is obviously makes it easier to spot and but then again at the same time would limit you to particular types of connection they all have adapters and things for them but what the main difference between USB A, good lord, so I said, oh, over the past few years, it's actually 2014 USB Type C was first uh, unveiled, which is amazing. I thought it was a little bit more, I would have said about two years more recent than that. Wow. Well, that's funny, isn't it? It feels like it's only really become um, sort of widespread in in the last couple of years. But yeah, yeah. But that, now, now it we is say everywhere that. now, isn't it? Yeah, now we say that. I'm thinking of one of my old Windows phones definitely had USB C on it, and that was sort of around 2015 so i guess that would make sense wow it does well, feel like advanced then because that would be quite soon after it sort of yeah launched yeah yeah, yeah. wow that's uh that's, that's just not me in my track slightly so anyway yeah so usb a and usb c there are um obvious differences visual differences but there's also uh, speed differences which uh, also impacts how you use them so yeah usb a is the original it's easy easily identified as i said and found in most types of devices, including laptops, smart TVs, game consoles, Blu-ray players. USB-C came along in 2014. It's more slender, and they're gradually being added to more devices. Now, I'm looking at what's in front of me now, and the the, the deck that we're recording this through has USB Type-C, as does, just checking, as does the laptop. But the secondary laptop, which I do most of my work on, that is an older device, came out about 2017, doesn't have USB Type C at all. What about you? Have you well, got not anything? at all. Not at all. I don't think. No. No, it doesn't. What about anything you're using? Um, I was just looking at the. Uh, I've got a, a 
a DAC, a USB DAC um, on my desktop for converting audio signals. Uh, and I've just realized that runs off USB-C. So it's that usefulness. <laughs> I didn't even realize it used it. You just plug it in and off it goes. <laughs> and uh, I'm fairly sure the, the microphone that I'm currently speaking into, USB-C, smartphone, um, and uh, as you know, I review various products for makeuseof.com, often headphones, and they all use USB-C, all of them, bar, like bar none. Bar none, except the pair that I'm using. Oh, there's always one. Yeah, these, these have got micro USB on them. Uh, these are <laughs> about three-year-old Sennheisers, so we'll, uh, we'll let them off. Um, so, yeah, so the USB-C has a slimmer design. It's less clunky. It's easier to put in. The, I mean, the, the big problem with USB-A was putting it in the right way. And despite you having a 50-50 chance of getting it in the right way, I'm pretty sure, and certainly in my um, life, uh, the, 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 the rate of success was probably 30% of the time. Yeah, incredibly, that it would still take three times to get it in. <laughs> <laughs> What's that all about? <laughs> I still do it now. You've been using the connectors for so long, and it happens every time. <laughs> the thing is, I mean, there is a kind of a tell, isn't there? There's like the, the two holes um, should be upwards most of the time, but not in every single device. Yes. And if you can't see the holes or you can't see the thing you're putting them into, though, <laughs> just like if you're trying to reach around the back of a TV or something like that. Or a PC. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Absolute nightmare. So that is absolutely categorically one of the best things about USB-C, isn't it? Yeah, it goes in any way you like. Yeah, one hundred percent. Yeah, it's also faster, isn't it? Would you want to give me the stats on this because I know you you, you like your uh, your specifications. So it's about forty times faster uh, and can deliver up to forty gigabits per second, which is about three thousand times faster than the original um, USB connector when it first came out which had a maximum data rate of something like like 12 megabits per second mad, a very long time ago but yeah if you consider the amount of data we now put through a usb-c cable uh, it's it, it's quite phenomenal really yeah. because the amount of power that we use and the amount of data that we use the standards have to increase with them yeah absolutely if you into context usb 3.1 which is you can usually identify because you used to be able to identify because the connectors and the ports were blue, although that doesn't seem to be always the case these days. Uh, that had a maximum data transfer rate of 10 gigabits per second, which is obviously four times less. It's a quarter the speed of USB-C. It's phenomenal, really, isn't it? So yeah. when we get like USB 4 in a few years, it'll be you know, even faster again, although that is in the pipeline. But yeah, they haven't, they haven't finalized the standard for that, but it won't be long. I suppose with USB-C, you have the opportunity to, um, with, with um, computers, laptops in particular, with particularly low internal storage, if you get a USB-C compatible external hard drive, that's going to really help, isn't it? Oh, yeah, definitely. If you're doing stuff like uh, backups and stuff or transferring you know, large files for safety or whatever, then it's going to drastically cut your, your transfer times. Yeah. What about for gaming? Is there, is there a usage for gaming there? Or media editing? 
Uh, definitely, I think with media editing, yeah, if you're same sort of thing, really. Like if you've got a big camera and you need to get your files on and off quickly. Um, I was just actually, you were saying about devices around you that have USB-C and I picked up my my old camera and it's uh, a, a USB, you know what that is. <laughs> it's like an old block USB type one. I was like, oh, that's why it takes so long to transfer yes. files to the computer. <laughs> so in terms of that, yeah, because again, the same thing, uh, the cameras get bigger, don't they? The files get bigger, the yeah. outputs get bigger. So getting them off the camera, doing it faster can only be a good thing. Absolutely, absolutely. So um, those are the main differences between USB Type-A and USB Type-C. Um, do check the full article for the uh, in-depth details there you will find that usb type c is faster and which is why it's everywhere these days we're going to move on now to car wi-fi uh, this is something that has been uh, integrated with modern cars and i mean i i if i'm sitting in my car i don't have wi-fi built in although i do have a wi-fi device if there is anyone in my car that needs wi-fi i tend to use my phone as a sort of wi-fi hub uh, having Wi-Fi built into a car uh, kind of prevents you from having to do that because the Wi-Fi is in the car, although you might be limited to what you can connect. I'm, go I'm going to ask Gavin, do you have a car with built-in Wi-Fi? I don't have one with built-in Wi-Fi, although I did travel in a friend's car recently that did have it. Oh, right. Um, and I thought it was interesting for the sort of novelty factor. <laughs> like oh i'm connecting to the internet in your car and we're moving along but aside from that i didn't really didn't necessarily see that much use for it uh in terms of how i live my day-to-day -day life which is very much you know do the school run maybe do the shopping go to the beach etc etc i think if you perhaps are commuting quite a lot in your car and you you know you end up office for half an hour an hour before you're going to go in somewhere or perhaps on long journeys where you've got kids in the back and they mm -hmm. want to stream a movie or whatever really really useful but for most other applications i think i would go the same route as you use your use a mobile hotspot yeah the thing i, I mean i guess i can see how why it would be useful and i can kind of see why it would be integrated because you know wi-fi hardware is really affordable for uh, manufacturers so if you can just bundle it in and stick the price up and you know all the software means there's very little configuration needed other than connecting to the hotspot uh, my my um my neighbor unless he's interested because they, they could be a security do you think it... sorry go on i was gonna say do you think it creates a, a a safety issue with someone being able to connect to wi-fi in your car or someone outside well, the car if you were parked somewhere being able to connect to it and tinker with your car this i mean i don't know what the I mean, I don't want to say a definite no, because obviously things happen. And I don't know the exact details between establishment of Wi-Fi hotspot and how well it is isolated from everything else in the vehicle, particularly the computers. However, my neighbor, I'm pretty sure, has Wi-Fi in their car because I keep spotting an unusual uh, Wi-Fi hotspot on my phone. And it can only be a car because it's called my car. And... <laughs> Uh, kind of a giveaway off, yeah bike. <laughs> skateboard um but yeah. no so yeah so and and you know having a public ssid um that's the the name of the the, the hotspot having that public 
seems like a mistake to me and you know there's probably a way to make it private but on the other hand it would be safer i think to have something like that private by default wouldn't it in this scenario in you know this possibility because we, we know we, t we talk years ago i'm not saying on this podcast but in um, online security topics one of the key things was uh, drive by um hotspot um hijacking and uh, people parking outside houses and borrowing your uh, wi-fi access using default router password all that sort of stuff which is why you should obviously change your default password and now we've got the idea of an actual car doing the actual driving by and the car behind in the motorway potentially being able to borrow their internet or you know uh, the next car in the car park borrowing the internet and stuff like that it's it it just seems to me that there's it's a good idea and i can see its uses but it doesn't seem to be as well thought out as it could be given what we know about online security and router security i think as well when you consider how most car manufacturers will approach this which is a in-car wi-fi will be an add-on and you know likely something you'll have to pay extra for oh, whereas yeah. for most people you got a smartphone you know most people have a data allowance of some sort don't they in their contract or whatever and you can easily switch that on and off as you need change the password very simply to something more secure and is maybe easier to use i would say probably easier to use uh in a pinch so yeah definitely and you know i mean i, I don't want to brag but i've got a really good mobile deal at the moment from a subsidiary of uh, Vodafone, and I've I've got like hundred gigabytes per month for yeah twenty quid, and you know there's such good deals out there available. And obviously I'm in the UK, so it's not going to be exactly the same in the US. But even so, there are good deals to be had, and I think I just think using a phone is a safer option and a better option. Yeah, definitely. I I, I completely agree. Yeah. Let us move on, therefore, to our recommendations. This is a feature in which we have experienced something in the past week or so, online, gaming, movie, whatever, as long as it has some sort of digital quality to it, I suppose. And then we share it with you, the listener, and then you can uh, follow the show notes and go off and check it out yourself. Uh, who's going first this week, me or the... Uh, you can go first, if you like. Okay, I'll go first. Mine, I mentioned this in last week's really useful podcast, and although I don't think it was my recommendation, if it was my recommendation, I do apologize. <laughs> I really like it. Um, I've been playing on the Evercade Versus over the past week, which is a, uh, a home retro game console, which I received uh, before Christmas. And there's a ton of cartridges for it. All retro games have been um, curated and selected. And the... Uh, in order to for maximum compatibility with the system and it's just so good there's there's games from all sorts of platforms atari uh games from the amiga and the 16-bit console era and there's even a bunch of indie titles there's a cartridge of indie titles for it as well there's uh and there's 28 titles in total from evercade um cartridges big pardon, from evercade uh, something like 270 games only 26 of those will work on the evercade versus because of a rights thing uh complicated legal technol uh, uh terminology i've used there obviously um but it's such a good experience and you know you can play these old games on your tv um without messing around with emulators which is a big 
pain in the backside, I find. So yeah, mine's is the Evercade Versus. And I've reviewed it recently on Make Use Of, and I'll link to that in the show notes so you can take a look at it. The the console unit itself looks really nice, doesn't it? Obviously, that is terrible podcasting content because you can't see what I'm talking about. <laughs> but if you do get a chance, uh, listener, go and look up the Evercade Versus because it looks really, really nice. It is good. It's, I'm so impressed with it. And also, I mean, I've got an Evercade handheld as well, although actually my wife's not listening. I've got two Evercade handhelds as well. And... <laughs> <laughs> And they, they 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 all have this lovely sort of um, modern retro aesthetic, which uh, which trans which you know they've continued on with the Evercade versus, and it is a really really nice looking console, and it's surprisingly small as well. It's got just the right amount of weight to it as well to not get dragged around, you know, because HDMI cables really like to push things around, don't they? So if you've got something yeah, that's too yeah. light, say a Raspberry Pi connected to an HDMI cable, you're gonna have to sort of nail the Raspberry Pi down because the HDMI cable is gonna move it all over the place. Um, the Evercade versus got just the right enough bulk and weight to not get pushed around by an HDMI cable. Uh, so, uh, so yeah, I, I would recommend that. What's your recommendation? Um, I will recommend some earbuds that I have been uh, really happy with, um, primarily because they have incredible battery life. All right. Um, I don't know how much people put store in the battery life of earbuds but so the clear ally plus two buds have uh, 11 hours worth of battery on the earbuds which is wow which is pretty good uh you get like another 22 hours worth of charge in the, the carry case so you get like up to three charges which on the face of it doesn't sound like that much but when you factor in that's you know 33 hours or so of, of listening it's it's pretty good uh they're also really comfortable once you find sort of the correct ear tip fitting for your ears you get um eight different ear tips that you can switch out they're super super simple to switch across um and the earbuds themselves have come with the uh aptx adaptive codec which means that you can use these earbuds for some uh high res streaming so if you sign up for a high resolution audio streaming service or have your own uh, high res audio copies uh, you can use these earbuds to hear music and other media formats in their full glory rather than having like a compressed codec which you know most of the time it sounds absolutely fine but every now and then you can really notice the difference using one of these high res streaming audio codecs so uh yeah, all in all, they're, they're a really nice little set of earbuds. And what 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 make are they again? Uh, these are the brand is Clear, and the name of the earbuds is the Ally Plus Two. Excellent. We will have a link to those in the show notes. Which brings us to the end of this week's really useful podcast. Thank you very much for joining us, and uh, until next time, it's goodbye from us. <laughs>